Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. It's Monday, and you're here, and we're going to finish Exodus. Yes! Yes. Man, we are finished with our, what's this, one, two, third book? Third book. Third yep. book. Three down, 63 to go. Hey, 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 we don't need all that. Hey, well, we just, them, we're just celebrating. Small. Like, some of them we're just going to knock out in a day. I know, but still, I want to celebrate the three that we're doing and not think about the 63 we have to go, sir. I wonder, because with our old plan, I always used to struggle at the end of the year going, we're not going to finish this. Like, there's no way we're going to get through it. And I knew in my mind we would because it's the same plan we've used and we always do. Every, yeah, and for I can like see the, last the calendar. Decade, 20 years. But there's a point at which you're like, we've got like four major profits left and yeah. we've got like 14 days left in the year. Like, I don't think this is happening. <laughs> I, so one of the cool lessons then is that little bits day by day makes a big difference over it the really course does. of the year. I mean, how, how long is the Bible? It's like 3,000 pages. Well, yours is because you added all that stuff. It's I like added multiple 6, pages. <laughs> So. No, no, no. It's still the same number of pages. Hold on. Let me let me look at this. It's 1,561 1, pages is what mine is. Yeah. You read a 1,500-page book every year. Yeah. In fact, that's a good exercise. Whatever Bible you use, as long as it's a hard copy, pull it out right now. Look how many pages it is. That's amazing. And think about that, that you're doing all that reading. And some of you sit out there and you go, I'm not a, I don't read. But if you're a Bible reader, man, you are a reader. Touché. Yeah. In fact... That's such a helpful thing just in general. I mean, you have more time to do reading than you think about. Um, you know, I had a, a professor in, in seminary who used to call the uh, the great white throne the reader <laughs> because he would read while he was there. Or, uh, you know, if you got a Kindle app standing in line somewhere or every night before you go to bed, make it your aim to read a couple pages if that's where you're at or if you can do a chapter, read a chapter. And before long, if you do that consistently, you will work your way through so many books. Racking and, them uh, up, man. Yeah. What? Why should a Christian? I mean, because I look, look. I've talked to lots of people who say, look, reading is hard. Yeah. I struggle with it. I have dyslexia, or it's just not my thing. I really yeah. have difficulty making my way through a book. Give us some uh, pro tips, if you will, about why a Christian should aspire to read. Yeah. Besides the Bible, I, I think it's not uniquely Christian. I think being Christian ratchets it up because it's it's even more so. You know, for us as as you know, followers of, of Christ as, as God's ambassadors, we should be doing things with, with excellence. But I think for all people, you know, the, the, the whole rhyme leaders are readers. Um, and in, in fact, Al Mohler in his book, conviction to lead has a whole chapter devoted on that about reading. Idea. Right. Yeah. That you should be reading. And it's, it's because that's where we retain the most information. I mean, you can watch a YouTube video on something and, and we live in a different culture and society today where, where there's a ton of information a lot available more of that, yeah. yeah, digitally, but there's something about reading that we, we do retain. And it's also just a good discipline to get into because the, the more you read, the better you get at reading and the faster you get at reading. And, uh, and so it's, it's helpful. And there's been so much information contained in books that have been written over the eons since the dawn of time that you can't find on YouTube, but that is, is relevant today. I mean, I mean, even thinking for Christians, for example, uh, JC Ryle, right? He's a pastor from the 1800s, right? His book, holiness, and he's written so many others as well. You read that and you go, man, he's writing to today's world and today's culture and today's society. Yeah, he's good. It's just the evergreen truth that's contained there. So um, I think reading is just, it gives you access to a wealth of information that otherwise you, you wouldn't have. 
Right. And there's probably something to be said, too, about the fact that Christians, by and large, are those who popularized the book in the first place. Right. The, 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 the modern book is a result of the Christian codex. We wanted to find a more efficient way to put all of God's word together. And hence, you have the first book, right, then the scrolls. So now we have this this thing called a, a codex, a book, essentially, right. in its earliest form. And Christians popularize this idea and then enter Gutenberg. And now you have the printing press. And now you can mass produce uh, lots of writings. And man, one of the coolest things that we have at our fingertips today is that we can access libraries of information at our fingertips anytime, day or night. Yep. If it's out of print, it doesn't matter. You can get it on a PDF or someone's website and then download that, make that a PDF. I mean, there's just so many reasons for Christians to be for uh, voracious readers, uh, not, for, not for the least of which being the access to wisdom. Um, crystallized wisdom from godly men and women of the, of the past can be enjoyed in a matter of moments. And, you know, in, over the course of a few hours, you could yeah. have someone's life wisdom at your fingertips. And certainly it's, it's beneficial at the least. It, it is beneficial. And, and if you struggle to read a couple of things, number one, you mentioned dyslexia, audible, um, I love audible Christian audio is another audio. resource for you where, where you can listen to books on, uh, on audio. And yeah, that is, that. um, I find I may not retain as much with audible books because I, I can't interact with the book and, and right. mark things up as much, but it's, it's still helpful. You're still getting the information yeah. and it's, it's still going into your, your, your brain. So that's a, a good resource. Number two, be mindful about where and when you read. Uh, if you find that you're somebody who drifts off to sleep easily when you read, okay, well don't read laying down in bed, right? Mm-hmm. Sit up, get to a place where, you know, sit in your kitchen chair rather than your easy chair so that you're not in a place that is, you're going to be tempted to, to nod off when you're, you're reading mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, time of day, make sure that you've got your cup of coffee, whatever, be intentional about it so that you're setting yourself up for success rather than, I don't know why I fall asleep every time I read when you're laying down in bed <laughs> right. and it's the end of the day and the lights are dim and well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> so those are yeah. good. Those are good and helpful pieces of advice, man. I, I bet we have a lot more to say about reading and we're going to encourage you because this is great. We, we, we love that you're in your Bible and this is so commendable. If you could be in no other book, this is the one to be in. Yep. Um, but man, we have, there's so much more to say. We want you to be readers. We want you to be thinkers. We want you to be critically uh, able to critically think. And part of that is learning to read well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into speaking of reading the reading for today, mm-hmm. Exodus uh, 39 and 40. And uh, 39, uh, much of it is all about the, the priestly garments, the clothes that the priests wear. And I, Which I you didn't, talked about. We didn't get any pushback on that either. I was wondering if we would get somebody that, that would write in. Suits to say, only. Wear your ties. You know, Sunday offended. dresses. I, I don't Hats. Covered that well. Yeah. No, we didn't, we didn't get anybody that said anything on that, which is great. And uh, we, it, we're recording this on Saturday. So I don't know what people are going to dress, dress like tomorrow at church, which is yesterday. I'm wearing board shorts. Today. Okay. Well, to each their own, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but the priestly garments, which, yeah, we, we covered. Um, chapter 39, verse 32. Then uh, I, I just noted here, done in all caps. Because <laughs> it says, all the work of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was finished. And the people of Israel did all according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. There's the summary statement. Like they What a proud time. They nailed it. Yeah. I mean, and that's not, they're not going to be able to say that a lot. Right. <laughs> Scripture's not going to say a lot of positive things about them. So this is one of their high points. Right. Right. And then Moses comes to inspect it, which I wonder if they were like, oh man, he's he going to find something comes. wrong. And yeah, because yeah, I mean, I was just talking with somebody recently that the, our setting church is, is putting together a book on small groups. Um, and, uh, they're having, are you guys. writing a chapter for that? I, I did. And I oh, submitted you sent it. it, sent it already. I, I oh. did. And I, 
I haven't heard anything back on that. But one of the other guys I was talking to, he was like, yeah, I wrote mine and they, I got it back and it, it was all marked up. And <sighs> so yours is coming. I, I guess so. I don't know. He, he like turned his in last week and then got it right wow. back. So I'm like, maybe they just decided not to use mine. They're not like, well, yeah, yeah. thanks, Pastor PJ. We appreciate it. We're going to put you in the appendix. Put this over here. On the, <laughs> it's going to be in next year's Do we volume. know who's publishing it or is it, a, I think is it's it self-published? Vol- published in-house, I think. We should get it published by Moody. We, sh- we should. Yeah. Hey, Dwight, if you're listening to this. Dwight, rise from the dead. He's like 175 or something like that now. He had a birthday recently. Yeah. So... But it's, it's when somebody inspects your work or like we used to have sermon reviews with, at our sending church. Oh, with those our, hurt so good, man. Pastor and hurt so good. They did. And, and he even would tell us, look, I'm not here to tell you what you did well. Yeah. I'm here to, I'm, I'm here, here to, to crush your soul. Right. And have you walk away with your tail between your legs. And then if God decides to raise you up from that, so be it. Right. Essentially. Right. So, so, so the way this would work is you'd go in and he'd put the, and it was usually not just you. It was oh, you and was the other an pastors. Audience. Yeah. Lots and of capable preachers. And, yeah. And sometimes our women's ministry leaders too. Like yeah. they'd invite them in and say, oh, our interns come on in. He's like, come learn from all of their mistakes and failures. And, he, and yeah, man, it gets called out. It's uh, it's rough. Yeah. And he'd put you up on screen and you'd talk for a couple minutes and then he'd stop and he'd look at you and be why'd like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why did you say that? Yeah. Why are you touching what your were you face going like at that? Here? Yeah. What's your point? What's yeah. your point? Those are, those are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were super helpful. Like they were super helpful. Never, never more terrified and excited at the same time. Right. Right. Cause you knew you would get better. I think I still have some of my really original you notes. You should go back and read them. See if you've changed anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Peter Drucker says, inspect what you expect. Yeah. And it seems like that's that, that's kind of the idea here, whether it's Pastor Mike doing that with our sermons or whether it's Moses with the tabernacle. Right, right. So he inspects the elements, and uh, I wonder if Oholiab and Bezalel were sitting back together going, oh, do you think this is going to pass? Like, yeah, I think Bezalel was probably singing that to Oholiab. And he's like, <laughs> will you stop after? It's, it's getting old. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, but uh, it passes Moses' inspection, and then it passes God's inspection. That's uh, that's the best commendation right there. Right. Give me that. Right, yeah, because in uh, chapter 40, verses 1 through 15, God basically says, okay, let's do this. It's time to go, Woo. which that would have been quite the experience to be there, to hear, okay, you've been getting this ready. You've been pre- preparing for all this, and, and it really is crystallizing even more of their identity as a real, as a people as the people of God, because now they have a place of worship. And remember, this is not Israel under David. This is not mature Israel. This is infant Israel. This is Israel just formed out of the slavery to Egypt. So this is not Israel with a pedigree of the, the Davidic temple or the Solomonic temple, I guess, or anything else. This is brand new. And They're now babies. you have your place and you have your, uh, your system and you have all of these things. And so God is, um, is is commending them and saying this is good let's do this and uh, and so they do in verses 16 through 33 and Moses does as the Lord commanded Moses and and that's the the re- repeated theme as the the book of Exodus draws to an end here is just the that they were doing what God had commanded them and then in, in 34 through 35 you get the glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle and I noted this that that Moses was not even able to enter so remember this is the one that talked with God face to face in the tent of meeting which was again was not the tabernacle. This is the one that asked God, "Can I see your glory?" And, and so here, the glory that fills the t- tabernacle is such that, that this is unique because Moses is not even able to go in there right. anymore. Which is so cool. I mean, this is so if we look back at what we've read all throughout the book of Exodus, you have God t- taking infant Israel. I mean, they're mature at this point in terms of being a people. 
They were enslaved in Egypt. God removes them from Egypt, plunders them on the way out, saves them through the Red Sea, uh, swallows up the Egyptians who followed behind them. They go through the wilderness. He provides water. He provides food. And now he's giving them an access point to commune with him. Yeah. And and the crescendo of it all, the high point, the, the crash is the glory of the Lord fills the tabernacle. And it's so heavy and so weighty, so glorious that not even Moses, God's spokesperson, can enter it. And this is exciting and terrifying, yeah. which is, I think, why when people encounter angels in the scriptures, their response is not, what's up, bro? Right. Thanks for coming. Right. Their response is sheer terror. Right. And I want to die. They tinkle a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. Yeah. The, you mentioned the word heavy, and I, I don't think we've, we've talked about the word glory, but the word glory Let's comes from the Hebrew word kavod, which does mean heavy or weighty. Um, and and that's uh, that's what it was that that there was a significance there was a a gravitas is is what we might use today in in our vernacular of about God's presence it wasn't glory just in the sense of brilliance which sometimes we think about Shekinah is yeah. the the light of the glory of God um, but it was a weightiness about it too uh, that that was contained within this concept of of. God being a glorious God. That's an interesting concept, the glory of God. We talk about that all the time as Christians. We talk about it sometimes in terms of uh, we do this for the glory of God. In other words, for his fame, his recognition. We want him to be well thought of because of who he is. He is to be well thought of. But there's also situations like this where it seems like it's something far more tangible. It mm-hmm. is, in your, to use your words that we're talking about here, it was heavy. There was a, a physicality about it, we mm-hmm. might say, that it, it, it had a manifestation that was prohibitive, mm-hmm. even to Moses. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating because it tells us that even though God is spirit, it doesn't mean that the locale of his glory is only in the spiritual realm. Right. It is an, there's a presence to it. There's something tangible that you and I someday, I'm sure we will see. And if we were to die today, I'm sure we'll see God's glory, though not in the same way right. in the intermediate state. But the ultimate goal and, and purpose of human creation is to be reunited with God uh, and the new heavens and the new earth to be, uh, to have the whole world full of his glory and us not be put off by it, but right. to be to have communion with him through that glory. Right. Crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just the doctrine of God's glory that was keeping Moses out of the tabernacle. Right. Oh, I read my systematic theology. This right. is weighty stuff. Right. There was yeah. a, there was a, was it a physical thing then? Is, is that how you would describe it? I, it? When it says he was unable to enter. I, like smoke or fire? Well, or? and, and sometimes that's what it is. I mean, the, the, and when we get to Ezekiel, there's a visible presence of God's glory that, the prophet is able to see depart from the temple. Now, I think that was unique for the, the prophet, but I think there was unique times, including this one, where, yeah, the, the, the glory was a visible manifestation. Yeah, because uh, it's the cloud settled on the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So right. was the cloud in the tabernacle, whatever it was, Moses is like, I ain't going in there. Right, right. Well, because, I mean, Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, the, the mountain quaking and burning with fire and smoke, and, and that's under the weight of the glory of God at that right. point. So, yeah. Um, interesting, uh, interesting concepts. And, and this is the same God that we worship today. That's amazing. What do we yeah. do with that? The whole glory concept, God's glory, the effervescence of his glory, the, uh, the weight of his glory, the, the shining of his glory. What do we do with all that? Well, yeah. And, and that's part of the significance of Philippians two, when it says that Christ emptied himself by taking on the form of a, of a human servant. Uh, he emptied himself, not by giving anything up, by by taking something on, by, by adding to his full divinity and his deity, the veil, if I can put it that way, of his humanity, which allowed 
the disciples to, uh, <laughs> thanks man, <laughs> which allowed the disciples to be in his presence. And, uh, and so there's a different way that we relate to God today as new Testament believers than the old Testament saints did. Um, and in so many ways, there's so much, so much benefit to that because we do have a great high priest who's given us access and we can now approach the throne boldly uh, as the writer of Hebrews says, but there's been, I think some cost to that. There's been some, I think we've lost some of the significance of the weight of his glory and we can be overly flippant and casual. Like mm. for example, we should never pray to God as, as daddy God or the big man upstairs or That's anything. Wrong with that. It, it's, it's, it's treating his name in the way that he's revealed himself to us. Uh, it's, it's bringing something that is to be revered and making it common. Um, there's a, a, an overly flippant degree of familiarity there. It's, it's in some ways, ironically, like when my kids call me PJ just to get Ooh. at me. Now they don't do that often, Ooh. but every once in a while they know, man, Ooh. if you want to push about dad's buttons, call him PJ. Mm. And so sometimes they will. And it's like, you don't, you don't get to call me that. That's not how you address me. I'm dad to you. And um, then you throw them across the yard. Exactly. Good. Exactly. Good. Well, Put I smite them with my, my cavode. Your, <laughs> your glory. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, we, we and it, people who protest will say, well, what about the passage that says, you know, we can refer to him as Abba, Father, right. Abba meant Daddy. No, it didn't. It was a familial term. Yeah. It was a term of intimacy, but it, it's not the same thing as Daddy. Um, that is a, a perversion of of bad exegesis. Language is also interesting, too, in that the, the implication of some words don't mean the same thing as they used to. So maybe in a different culture, it, that might be more acceptable. That's that's not, not the case in ours. Right. I think about our church value of maintaining a high, high view, view of God. Yeah. It's stuff like this that we read. I mean, and, and you're not going to read this as your average New Testament Christian who's going to read Philippians, Colossians, and those are great books. Right. Of course. They're okay. You know, <laughs> they're, Paul, they're good. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. But, Paul's I manuscript mean, probably was good. Exodus 40, you're, you're not going to see stuff like this unless you're reading the whole Bible in a systematic way to say, look, man, God is glorious. Yeah. He is majestic in his holiness. You ought to take him seriously. Yeah. And this, this helps us balance who we see in the New Testament in Christ. Yeah, he's approachable, he, he's he's near, he, he's kind, he's humble, but he's also the God of heaven and of earth. Yep. And he is a consuming fire, and we ought to respect him for that. For sure, for sure. We're done, man. Exodus in the books. Woo. And we will pick up uh, again tomorrow. With hey, a great job, book. guys. Good job. Keep it up. Keep reading your Bible. And tune in tomorrow as we start Leviticus. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.